everyone, and welcome to CommanderCast, episode 488. We're your weekly source for community strategy and technology. Host on our home site, CommanderCast.com. My name is Mark. And I'm Adam. Adam, the amazing, yep. incredible return. Yeah, yeah. I feel like and if this was a comic book, this would be a crossover issue or something. Like, you will... Come. I mean, only in these days. Like, if it was 20 years ago, <laughs> it would just be a comic book. Yeah. Like, you came back from the Siege Perilous yeah. or something? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I am in a different body now. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I mean, that's what happens, you know? Yeah. That's... Wait, how did Colossus come back from the Siege Perilous? I think that's, like, the the run that I missed. Did he come back? When when he came back, I think he just came back as not able to transform into his steel form. And so he just, like, lived in the village and became an artist. It's really where they, like, delved into his being an artist thing, I think. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess that's what you do, you know? Yeah. Sure. Anyway, ladies and gents, this week, mm, we're going to continue talking about Baldur's Gate stuff, because that fucking set is just the set that keeps on giving, apparently. Yeah, just, yeah. Every time I turn around, there's cards. But mostly, I think that's in the service of talking about some mono-white card draw, because those things have actually gotten better, like, what was it, like, a year ago, two years ago now? I don't know, time is timey-wimey. When does yeah, it- I would say, like, two years ago, they really started pushing it. There was probably, like, they were delving into it a little bit before then but yeah they were definitely starting to push it pretty hard in the last two maybe three years yeah uh and so now we are bearing the fruits of those things uh so just as like a little smattering and strat today we're going to talk about um how much better mono white card draw has gotten recently because it definitely has it's just a question of like how much uh, right whether that fits in your deck and what things i might push out etc uh in technology we're going to talk about uh game nights because apparently not that not those game nights. So game night 2022, uh, which yep. is that thing that comes out every once in a while that has a couple of new legends. Uh, we got I keep thinking the the ones we got like two years ago the mythics were legendary, but they're not. They're just mm. big mythic sphinxy zombie right. gobliny things. So, yeah. but these things are can actually be commanders because you know everything's commander now. Oh yeah, double masters is com- like this is I feel like we caught. The, the truck we were chasing. It's <laughs> right. It's like, like, God, what? So you never make anything for us? All right, have everything for you. Right. But hey, you know, whatever. Um, and in community, we're going to talk about some dumb stuff I saw on Twitter, which is actually fun stuff I saw on Twitter. This might be like the only positive Twitter story you hear in a long time. So look Aww. forward to that. Look at that. And uh, with that, keep up the conversation on the Facebook and the Twitters. And uh, come back with us through a dumb interstitial, and we will talk about Tony Dieterlizzi's. Magic Gathering sketchbook stuff on Twitter. Alrighty, sir. Um, I don't know, spoilers up top? Because we're totally going to spoil some Stranger Things. Even though the internet spoiled at least half of the Stranger Things finale. But- I was going to say, I, de- I definitely like caught a couple of things uh, just from like, you know, I got back to the States and I was flicking through Facebook and, you know, but yeah. So, I don't know, spoiler warning for Stranger Things, if you haven't seen it, by the time this episode goes up, it will be at least two or three weeks out, I think. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I think that's respectable. So I think so. I think that's reasonable, yeah. You know, but anyway, spoiler stuff, if you don't want to see it, you know, skip ahead a little bit. Yeah. Alrighty, sir. Um, Stranger Things finale. I'm just going to lay my cards on the table. I liked the second to last episode, the pen ap- penultimate episode, last episode could have been about 40 minutes long and it was an hour and some change no two hours so, and some change 
so I would agree that the second to last episode uh, was the better of the two from just like pure storytelling and, you know, but, and, and yeah, the last episode was maybe a little bit padded, uh, but I, in general, disagree. I, I think, I think that the last two episodes really did a good job of finishing out this season uh, and left it wide open for whatever the hell is happening next. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I can tell you. I don't know. You, I think, were, were higher on this season than I was. Can I tell you my yeah. pr- my problem with Stranger Things overall, right? Yeah, so go for it. Stranger Things started off in a way that, that I enjoy, which is, like, character drama with, like, a weird twist on reality. Like, he, okay, here's this, like, okay, small yeah. town with this weird secret, right? Right. Now we're having, like... Global, like literally global stakes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, and you it have definitely like, has re- accelerated. Like, yeah. like yes, we went from like eerie, which I think is, I think that's harder to like. Season one is probably like the hardest to write, right? Because yeah, you have to make people interested and invested in those characters, um, enough to to keep them around, and you have to make it eerie and eldritch but not like way over the top like you know they had this evil and they had the tie-ins to things and blah, blah blah and and like and that was it but you could kind of leave an opening that something else spooky might happen sure i get you there uh but i mean it is eldritch in nature and so like the great one you know the old great ones coming through the the portal is always an inevitable you know side of that yeah, but that's where the movie ends. That's what, yeah. that's what yeah. I that's what I like. Like not like oh now we have to kind of like do it again. And like I like the beginning of this season quite a bit because I'm like oh okay they're gonna wrap it up. I honestly thought this was the last season. I felt like that too. Like yeah, until we got to the last episode, I definitely felt like oh okay they could like close this out. Yeah, and I was like looking forward to closing things out. Right. And now we have got to the American TV problem of we don't know when to fucking close things out. Like, I think that next season is the end, though. Like, it's it's actually supposed to be the end. But, like, it, it, this is my problem with Stranger Things. And, again, I feel bad because, like, my wife really liked it. You really liked it. I don't want to shit on things. But my criticism is they have run out of shit to do with multiple characters. Like, yeah. Dustin had nothing to do this season except, like, sit around yeah. and, like, be sad about Eddie. Uh, yeah, because last season he had the whole girlfriend thing and, like, like very interesting arc with him yeah but i mean i think last season like will didn't have much to do and this will season, didn't have will, shit to do will clearly had stuff to do what what did will do do you not feel as though his character like had some really significant moments yes okay so not to underplay it like yes will is like struggling with sexuality like right that's what we but but, but we got no closure on well. that like the both the writing and the acting there were very good yeah Mm-hmm. No, you yeah. don't think? I don't really, oh, I don't really I think disagree. so. I think I think that it could be handled. I think it is often handled so much worse than that. I think that they did a very good job with that. Oh, I definitely think that like it wasn't bad, but I also don't think that was like I think it was a respectful portrayal of people dealing with that. Like it, it seemed, you know, from I mean, I, I you know I'm a white straight guy, but like I have friends and family members who have come out, etc. Like it seemed realistic and like sympathetic to me. Like it, very empathetic, right? But right, it also didn't go right. anywhere. It's not like 
He didn't... No, it didn't go anywhere, but I don't think it's meant to go anywhere. I mean, just no, like but Robin, okay, like, then, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, the Robin thing didn't go anywhere either. Like, that's that's my that's my point, right? The Right. They, they I don't know, alluded to certain things, but they didn't do anything. Like, even right. the even the Mike, the, Mike also had shit to do this fucking season. Mike was an also-ran, just kind of, like, chilling. Well, I, I, I agree with that. Like, you know, and like, oh, and I thought they were going to go interesting places, like... I don't know. I I guess Max had an arc, kinda. Like she really just got messed up at the end, you know. Like yeah, but she arc? did have a little bit of an arc. I, mean, like I suppose. She, like like you start to learn like why she pulled away from Lucas and why like and how she felt about things that actually happened and stuff like. Eh, I mean, I I think that she had an arc. I suppose. I don't think any of it was terrible. Like well handled. I think that whole thing with. Um, with Nancy and Steve was interesting. Like my wife was definitely shipping those two forever. And oh, like, I was too. I'm like, okay, that's great. But like that also came to not much. And then also it got like introduced in the beginning, touched on, and then nothing really happened with it. Right. Sure. And I'm like, okay, no, 11, like had an arc. She went through stuff, which was way too drawn out. And then also came back and then like, you know, fulfillment of her powers, the whole fucking thing in Russia was dumb the whole fucking thing i would agree that 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 <laughs> was the the weak story arc i mean like hopper coming back and you know like, like, I love, like that, that could have yeah. been like one episode worth or something like yeah that i i can agree with that the russia <laughs> the russia story arc yeah i love the inner the interplay between all of them like yeah here's the here's the parts that i liked about it from a from like the nerd core side of things sure right yeah. like they did a great job, especially in like the last couple episodes, bringing it back around to kind of the the subtext of the first season of like here's a D and D party, and like, but now they're fighting on a bigger scale, so they've leveled up clearly. But you still have like some of the newer characters and things like that. They all go to the weapons store together the same way that you would in D D and they're crafting all their stuff and they're preparing and they come up with their battle plan and their bard dies in battle and like you like it felt like it was kind of a lot of callback to that and i also think that they did a great job with the um keeping it in the time frame and utilizing fantastic music in the in the time frame you know like the the use of separate ways when they played that because they were actually talking about like the party breaking up temporarily so that they can go into the th like the which was a remix of it uh, master of puppets which should have been ride the lightning but um, the mentions of Iron Maiden the Kate Bush thing I hate Kate Bush by the way but it was appropriately <laughs> used in this well it's funny like I didn't mind the Kate Bush thing separate ways is a fine song like you're not gonna get the big emotional payoff from me from separate ways like it's a fucking weird thing yeah I okay i mean i'm not saying you should have an emotional payoff. i'm just well, saying that's what like, i'm saying is like all right uh, contrast that to like the end of season three where i thought they did a really good job on the peter gabriel remix of heroes like that was very well done peter even though gabriel heroes am i yeah peter gabriel did a it's at the end of season three. Oh wow um, okay yeah no it's a very good song um but anyway yeah like it's a Peter Gabriel version, slightly slower, but whatever. It's David Bowie's Heroes, which yeah, makes yeah, sense, yeah. you know. And like that was very well done. I didn't. I don't mind Kate Bush. I think it's fine. 
So whatever. That's a very eighties callback. Like that's like a James Gunn level of like deep dive. So I appreciate it. Yeah, that. but I mean if you can listen to Wuthering Heights and think that that's a good song, like I, I like you like whoever thinks that out there, we need to have a talk. Eh, it's it's a fine talk. It's, it's, like running up that hill, okay, yeah. Like it's fine. It's an okay song. <laughs> yeah, like I don't have a, fine, a problem with it. As long song. as you don't watch the video because it's just a train wreck of like interpretive dance. But it's eighties, you know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I like I had, I had so many other problems with it the season that kind of brought it down for me. The whole Eddie death was stupid to me. Like, what the fuck are you doing, bud? I don't I, I don't understand. I mean, but was it? It was like yeah, the no, it was really hard. Yeah, like, it I was didn't really fucking dumb. Like, there's no reason why he had to go do that. They were already distracting him in the trailer. Like, he didn't have to go back. It it would have been fine. They were in a fucking house anyway. And it would be one thing like if he was like. Because when that happened, my wife and I had, we had to like stop because that thing was like two hours long, right? And, you know, oh, it was two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah It was fucking long. So we've like broke yeah. it like right at that point. And my wife came back the next day and she's like, all right, I thought it was dumb, but I get, I bet I know what Eddie's doing. Eddie's going to go and he's going to save the kids in the house because that's when they're all like, you know, tank. Oh, that would have been cool. That yeah. would have been cool. And I'm like, okay. And then could, if he died doing that or yes, something like that. That would have yeah, made would've sense. Been, okay. Yeah. This was like, se- like. You, I could see it coming a fucking mile away, even if I hadn't seen spoilers on the internet. Like, I could have seen it. Like, Eddie ain't making it, man. And yeah. then, uh, and like, the reason why he did it was, like, the dumbest reason. And then all Dustin could do was just, like, Eddie. And, like, do oh, we yeah, need yeah, the yeah. thing with, like, yeah. Eddie's uncle at the end? Like, really? Like, I just, yeah, there's, like, so many. It was, like, an accumulation of things. And the, the problem the is. The one thing that got me that I was, like, I was actually confused on. And so may, maybe I missed it. Because I, like, look. I, I have some decent jet lag, so I was fading in and out. A sure, bit. yeah, yeah. Um, where the fuck did the sword come from? Yeah, that's the same thing I said. I'm like, what the fuck? And then my wife's like, she fired. My wife had the great rejoinders this episode. She goes, yeah. oh well, remember when they had the you know the gladiator weapons they gave him ahead of time? And I'm like, what? oh. And I'm like, okay, sure. There was a fucking Conan sword in there, and she's like, yeah, probably. That happens I mean, at least she has a better explanation than I did. I was just straight up, where'd the sword come from? I mean, listen, man, I did, was it metal? Yes. Like, did it check metal fucking boxes? Like, Well, right. I mean, a lot of it checked metal boxes. I mean, yeah. like, you had your bard play Master of Puppets. Just that was like, fucking pretty amazing. Like, that was that. good stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, it meant, it meant nothing, like, story-wise. Like, there's nope. no reason he should have been playing Master of Puppets. No, nope. 100%. Like, just, but... But it was, it was a, rule- a great scene and yeah. a gr- and a great reason to throw Master of Puppets in. Yeah, there. rule of cool, man. Like that was right, fucking cool. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I loved like I liked Eddie as a character quite a bit. So I don't know. I thought he was. I mean, he was okay. I, th- I think he was a little flat and I, and a little, you know. He had places he could have gone. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, he had places he could have gone. He didn't, which is most of my problem with this season. Right. It was overly long. The whole thing with like one and eleven, like that was a cool reveal at the end. Of, you know, when that came about, I'm like, oh, that's. Oh yeah, neat. yeah, that was neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whole thing, like the overarching story was fine. Like, man, it was way too bloated, and you could have taken some a lot of stuff out of there and gotten a lot of a lot. You could have gotten to those points a lot cleaner and neater. Yeah, I mean, I think that part of it is now dealing with, and I think a lot of shows and movies deal with this when you have too much of an ensemble cast, and then you continue to add more people to it. Like, how do you give everybody airtime? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, did we really need the new stoner guy? Like, did he actually add any value to this? No, like, um, what's Will's brother's name? I can't remember. I don't 
Yeah, whatever. See, see, this is my point. Charlie Heaton. Like, Charlie Heaton's character, I did like, because he got an arc from being, you know, like a lonely, weird guy with a with a camera. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he had a thing, but he had nothing to do this season. He was literally well, and just... he shouldn't have really been in it. Like, I mean, he... Like... Or he should have been stoner guy, right? Or uh, Yeah, know, he could have been stoner guy. Yeah, that's true. Don't get me wrong. Like, I like that character, but, like, it's just the comic relief. And, like, we could have done things. Like, I don't know. Will could have... I, I wanted Will to do more. I wanted Charlie Heaton's character to do more. I feel bad. I can't yeah. remember that character. Like, I wanted so many other characters to actually do things, you know? Like, I like Dustin quite a bit. I even, you know, like, I like that actor. Like, I think they could have done I mean, all things. the original kids didn't really do a whole lot. Like, yeah. Lucas had a bit more of an arc than, than most people, but he was still kind of underutilized. Because I think that, the, the like I said, the screen time was just so split. Like, everybody had their arc. But it wasn't a powerful arc for most of them. I I don't think I think everybody started one or a lot of kids start like well okay yeah that's yeah, my yeah. problem I'll, I'll like, give you that yeah Will started an arc and I thought it was gonna go someplace like I knew right from the very beginning when he did his like at, at the um I don't know the thing in the classroom where he had that poster of Alan Turing and I'm like oh yeah got it. You know what I mean? Like, that's clever. That's neat. Oh, like, I did not get that from there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, all right, that's clever. That's neat. Like, I want to see right. where this is going. This this could be really interesting. And then it didn't. Like, it wasn't. There wasn't. It, I mean, I think it eh. was. Like, I think, I think he got to a point of, like. Of what? I mean, I feel like he is close to, like, accepting himself. Like, he's not out. No. But, like, shouldn't that have been... The art I mean, I don't think so. I don't think that I don't think that he had to come out in order to like no, I or at least him, find some. Kind I think of him piece, putting though? his feelings out there, which he did several times. I think coming to terms with how he felt about things was. But did kind he of though? I don't think he did. Oh, I think so. I think between the conversation that he had with Mike and the conversation that that he had with his brother, but then, I think like he was definitely like coming to terms with how he with what he felt and what he is. Uh, see, see who I don't, he is, I guess. I, I think, like, he, they made a step in both directions, but there was no payoff on either of them. Like, he, yeah, but he I mean, put like, it out there. I don't there. think that we have to pay... Like, with, with every, like, gay character, do you really... Like, is the ultimate payoff, like, you have to, like, have them come out? Like, I think... No, I don't good. think... No, my argument isn't that he should have to come out. My argument is that, like, he put his feelings out there, but there was no... All right, like now I've come to peace with it. Moment, or like now I've said the thing I finally do, and there's a weight off my chest. Like, uh, even the thing with I his thought, brother. I thought the time with his brother was was some of that. That was fucking weird as shit. Like, really? Right now we're doing this? Like, well, okay, the timing of it was not. That was just good, fucking bizarre. But... And then at the like, I'm fine that they had that little thing, but that should have happened like fuck, I don't know, five hours ago. You know, like it was so well, yeah, bizarre. Okay, I mean, like that's yeah, like. <laughs> You know, you fit it. You, the writers fit it in when they fit it in, kind of thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Like, gonna, yeah. Well, that's my other fault. Like, what do you mean you you had to wait till now? What about fucking the five hours before this, where they were basically in a you know pizza van? Like, you couldn't have done that then or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know. It was, it, was, it was too much and not enough, which is a weird criticism to lay on this. But that was my yeah, problem with yeah. Stranger Things season four. Was it was too much and not enough at the same time. Anyway, this is not a Stranger Things cast, but I, it's not. I think we have sufficiently talked about Stranger I, Things. I think we've talked about that one, yeah. Yeah, because it's 20 minutes in. <laughs> okay. Anyway, community.
in community this week, ladies and gents. Well, folks, uh, sometimes it's not exactly a slow news week, but it is just a I would rather talk about something happy news week. So, okay, that's, that's what this is. So, um, Tony Dieterlizzi, which I think I'm pronouncing right. Yeah, Dieter Lizzy, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, who's usually just credited as Dieter Lizzy on a lot of different magic cards. Yes. Um, came out on, on Twitter, and he yeah, he had a bunch of these like Throwback Thursday pictures where apparently in the 90s, like his wife and friends um, just posed with a bunch of dumb like blankets and capes to pretend that they were wizards so that he could use them as subjects for a lot of magic cards that you have definitely seen. Right. Um, probably my favorite one is like the old school brainstorm, which I is just like his friend or and or his wife, like in that getup, <laughs> you know, right. in doing that pose from Mercadian masks. And there's a bunch of other really cool ones, like um, uh, was it venomous breath, which I always thought was very strange and actually really did come from a person just putting a mask in front of their face and doing right. a weird pose for Tony. Um, or or the one with the the rat, which is just yeah, like the rat. I was just looking at that one. I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like an old giant growth from God. What was that like? Seventh edition or something like that. Yeah, something like some whiteboarded edition, which is just yeah. like, oh yeah, I found a rat in a book. Yeah, right. So it's just it's very cool. So there's not much here. I just like these. So yeah, I mean, like there there's a lot of very cool ones. Um, I was looking at. Uh, yeah, so the so the brainstorm one is is interesting, especially considering how it came out versus that. Um, I like the commitment of the guy who was doing Sea Spirit. Yes, I was just looking at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Elvish Ranger is a pretty nice one. Oh yeah, I like Elvish Ranger. I like Sky Shroud Troopers, where it's a guy with just a mop handle in real life. So no, oh, I didn't even see what was in his hand. I saw that, <laughs> like I saw the picture. But yeah, that's yeah. and like my favorite part about Dieter Lizzi most of the time is that none of these, aside from like I don't know, brainstorm or cards you would probably play, right? Um, most of those cards are just like like oh, Sky Shroud Troopers, a really bad mana dork. You know, like would you like to add one one green mana for four? Hmm. Yeah, you know. Um, and a lot of these are, are just kind of like those. But like I love his art. I don't know. It, there's got to be a category for. I don't know for for artists that you like with cards you would just never play. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's tons of those. There's yeah. tons of like great pieces of art on bad cards. Yeah, and I think that like for some for whatever reason, you know, Dieter Lizzi gets a lot of those. Um, yeah, uh, my highlight for Dieter Lizzi art is the um, I want to say it's second edition Monsters Manual. Ooh, ooh, do tell. Hmm. Um. I think that that's the one, uh, but he just so many pieces of art in there. Like, I think he did the art for the Tarrasque in there and a whole bunch of dragons and things like, like just fantastic, fantastic art. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that one. That was, uh, like, yeah, when I was what probably 15 and tried to play D and D and didn't <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, like yeah. like flipping through the monsters manual because there were cool pictures of monsters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's um, yeah, the ones that that always stand out to me. Like, there's a copy of Lab Rats where it's like it's rats, but he's on like a little rat wheelchair. He's got like wheels on his butt. Um, oh, <laughs> which is cute. Um, funny. Mischievous Poltergeist is actually my favorite Dieter Lizzi art. Like, and that's a 
I know that's a card I just want to play for the art. Oh yeah, the big it's like a big faced thing. Yeah, I that I think that was used on posters at the time too. Yeah, it's just I don't know, there's so many just goofy really neat things that he does. Like he's got a, right. a funky art style that's very him, like it's very recognizable. Um and there's a, there are like a couple of of cards here and there you would probably recognize off the top of your head like Goblin Piker was one that I just because I played standard at the time. Um, right. You know, you would see all the time. But, like, there's a Goblin Matron version of, of his is actually a good card. Um, crop Rotation, the OG one, is yeah. uh, is a detour easy. Um, are there any other really good ones? Mm. I'm, look, I'm looking for really good. I mean, I, I'll say, like, Argothian Elder is the is the card I play the most with his. Oh, there um, you go. Brainstorm is probably the one I play the most for him. But, like, Brass. Yeah, th- those two, uh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Brass Secretary, I really like. Um, Bottom Suleiman was interesting. I had an opportunity to buy the original print of that, like his original art. It's up at a, it's up at a. Oh, like, really? Yeah, it's up at a gallery. I mean, I had the option. Everyone has the fucking option, right? But yeah, it's. I mean, it's not my favorite, but yeah, I. It's me. I, I just, dig it. I kind of dig it too. I just don't, and I have affection for that card, even though it's a bad card. But it's a bad card I used to play when I was like thirteen. Right. Um, but I wasn't gonna drop like three hundred dollars on the original print, so mm. you know. Neat. I don't know. Horned Horned Turtle is one that I've always liked the art for. Oh, okay. Um, Eye of Yogmoth is a card I would never play, but is super creepy, and I like the art. Uh. Where is I? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. What else we got here? Mischievous Poltergeist is definitely the winner so far. Man, I weirdly uh, like Hana's custody, even though it's just like Hana taking something out of a closet. Right. Um, and uh, the one I think he did recently that I like was that, um, you know, when they did the, the D&D, like the monster manual versions of lands, he did one with yeah. a beholder and like a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one is really cool. Yeah, that one. That one is dope as fuck. Um, yeah, but, you know, in, in an audio medium talking about art probably doesn't go a whole long ways. I would recommend everybody checking that out. A, just because it's a neat funny thing that happened on twitter and also like i just i don't know it's a, this is a nice version of following an artist on twitter when they didn't say something dumb they just had a neat thing to share so yeah yeah uh, check those out i thought it was neat it was a nice little short community segment after we just talked about stranger things for like 20 minutes so. yeah that's all we got this week folks sometimes it's short sometimes it's art yeah uh, in strategy, we are going to talk about some mono white card draw. So stick with right. us through a dumb interstitial, and then we'll talk about them drawn cards. Cards? Yes. Alrighty, sir. Uh, interstitial numero dos. Yeah. Somebody just watched Joker. Yeah. So, in my eleven and a half hour flight, I watched several movies. Joker being one of them. So, Thoughts. here is my my take on the now very old DC ish movie. I guess. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the the kind of like key points here. So, writing. Meh, okay. Fine. Mm-hmm. The the writing was nothing standout. I don't think it was bad, but like no, it was fine. It, it's an old story. Yeah, like I mean, you could look at the killing joke for like the Joker's origin of like one bad day. This is like a one bad week kind of situation. Like 
like they took it in a reasonable direction. Mm-hmm. Um, the only story points that I did not like were the fact that they were trying to. It's okay to make a movie that is that doesn't mention anything about the Waynes. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't need a Batman origin in it. Yeah, I didn't, didn't need the need, Waynes. Didn't need Thomas Wayne mentioned in it at all. And it, I think it would have been a stronger movie for that because you like otherwise it made a lot more sense. Um, direction I think was good. Uh, pacing was a little bit off to me, but otherwise I think that, that the direction was very good. Um, the acting was insanely good. Oh yeah, I mean Walking Phoenix, phenomenal, right? You, I think that's an untouchable performance. It's like it's crazy, it's scary, it's vulnerable. It's like oh my god. Right. Like you, you understood, you empathized, but at the same time, like saw how detached and how you couldn't really empathize. Like, so, so I, I mean, I loved Heath Ledger. This was the single best Joker performance ever. Easily. Easily. I think that might be fighting words. I like, I prefer Heath Ledger, but I get, I get what you mean. Like. It might it might also be covered by the fact that the Dark Knight is just a better movie. Dark Knight is they're they're very different genres, right? Like it's got one it's is, a better one movie. is more of a like psycho- psychological like thriller, and one of them is an action movie. Yeah, um, I don't think that Heath Ledger had enough direction and meat to in script to ha- to even allow to display the mo- emotional range that Joaquin Phoenix had. So I don't think that Heath Ledger was afforded the same opportunity, but at the same time, Joaquin Phoenix did an amazing job. Like everything from like physical contortion to... I could have done just... with a little less of that. <sighs> I mean... Yeah, is, is that recall? I mean, you've seen it, or you know, more recently than I have. But like, isn't there a part where he's just kind of like vibing in a bathroom for a while? Like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I needed that. So, I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, saying. I mean, but those moments, some of those moments, I felt were like very leading up to the end, like when he starts like dancing on camera. Yeah. Like that's what we think of when we think of Joker, right? The oh, I killed a couple people on camera and now I'm just going to dance in front of the camera and not be worried about it. And like but we got there so slowly. Like we got there and saw him just doing those weird personal performance things in a bathroom. Like and and stuff like where you're just like like it didn't make sense at the time, but it all came together. Like yeah, no. I, I he was he was great ever like it it made a decent case. I mean, I think they went a little over the top at the end. Like I said, with, with the whole Wayne's thing, like that shouldn't have been in there. And I don't think the entire city would have been in like disarray and like a horde of you know hundreds of clown people. Like that, you know, it it became a a bit much toward the end. I think it would have been better if it wasn't a Joker movie. I think it would if it was just right. walking. Well, if it was Taxi Driver. Yeah. Well, yes. That's that's my other <laughs> my other hot take is I like this movie better when it was Taxi Driver. Yeah. Just Taxi yeah. Driver. Just better. It's a better movie. That's Taxi. Okay. I, I no argument there. Taxi Driver and De Niro's performance in Taxi Driver were better than this movie. Yeah. 
like but i mean that's how that's how this one of the most classic movies of all time well, i was gonna say like <laughs> like that's not saying a whole lot because yes de niro's performance in taxi driver maybe one of the finest screen performances of all time yeah like, like it better be right you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so yeah I, I, like i get that um and, and it's a fair comparison i mean like this is like there is definitely a taxi driver comparison i like it's one of those things where, like, it, what is the line between homage and plagiarism? Hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I liked the fact that they, they played a little bit more with the... They played a little bit more with what was going on with him psychologically than they did in Taxi Driver. Like, Taxi Driver, like, you kind of saw things, but they were they were written as a little bit more surface level. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't really get the backstory on it, like... In Joker, you definitely had like what happened to him to put him in that place. And then instead of having an unhealthy relationship with a girl in Jodie Foster's character in Taxi Driver, like he just had a completely like figment of his imagination relationship going on. Yeah, which I thought to... was one of the best parts of his his character. Reveal, oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I like at the time like when when he was like with her and stuff like that i was like oh okay so like that's that's interesting like that he does have someone there to support him and stuff and then like when you see what that transition is out of that you're like whoa okay (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know like (laughs) um yeah i mean i i I think it was it was a, a solid movie it would have been a masterful movie if they removed a little bit of that too tied into Gotham kind of stuff. Yeah, if they just didn't make it a comic book movie? Yeah. If you remove yeah, all elements of, of the comic bookiness, then yeah, not, it would have been a better movie. Yeah, not not like all of it, but like just take all the Batman crap out of there. Like it did it didn't make any sense. It didn't need to be in there. Like, so like that's that's it. But if you just yeah, if you left <laughs> that's everything all the comic else, book stuff. <laughs> well no, because I mean you can still have him be the Joker. I mean, I guess if, if he wasn't named Joker and he was just a weird clown, right? Then how was that? I mean, obviously, you know, because we live in a society where the Joker is a very famous character. Like that's the parallel you're going to make. But like, if you just never heard right. the word Joker, if it wasn't called Joker, it was just called, I don't know, breakdown or whatever. Well, then it would just be called taxi driver. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's what I mean. So, right. you know, again, and it would be plagiarism. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> Walking Phoenix. Amazing, amazing actor. But I mean, oh that's yeah, not... I, like yeah. no complaints. Like Man. every single scene, I bought every facet of his disconnectedness and his pain and suffering, and every, like every scene that he was in was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like all I'm doing is like shitting on stuff you like <laughs> this week. Oh, I mean, like I don't like I don't care. <laughs> I am, I am a grown man. I can like things understand some people don't like them and move on with my life well i mean that's a hard thing sometimes in life sir. i mean it's a hard thing for a lot of people it's a hard thing on the internet we're asking yeah. we're asking a lot right so. all right enough emotional maturity let's all right talk about let's cardboard. talk about some white draw sure In strategy this week, ladies and gents. Hey, Adam. Yo. 
Hey, they actually made mono white card draw better. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's certainly getting there. They like really did a thing. They they said they were gonna do a thing, they did a thing. It's pretty good. Yeah. And I think it's done in the right way too. Like yeah. as we read through some of these, like it's pretty obvious like that they were trying to give not not just trying to give white draw, but trying to give white draw an identity. Right, it, in a draw in a way that actually makes sense for the color, right? Right, exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, there like are... it has its own hoop. It's not like blue where it's just you're gonna draw a lot, or green that just gets everything, mm -hmm. or black. Well, black has a draw color identity or a draw identity. Like, yeah, yeah, you can draw cards, no problem. But you're going to pay life for them, and you're going to pay life equal to the number of cards or more. Right, and this I think is neat. It's like you can draw cards, but yeah, it's gonna be fair, you know. Or like your opponent can draw, and then you can draw two, or something like that. You right? Know? Yeah. Like there's there's some level of equitability to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it it's neat, you know. Um, there's a couple cards here which I think are better experiments than they are in real life, but I think they're so cool that they exist. So. Yes. All right. Um. So we also kind of cut off a few things here just because it says draw card isn't necessarily criteria for talking about it in this list for example right. like there are a lot of cantrip creatures which white typically doesn't have so this is kind of an upgrade for white right, right? and and it does work in white in certain decks because there's a lot of flicker decks in white right right so you know even incidental flicker or you know recursion etc like it does work however like as a category, I don't think that's terribly interesting to talk about because no, no, because and and most colors have a few of them now, yeah. but yeah, if you're playing the flicker deck, then some of those make a lot of sense, no yeah. problem. Yeah, uh, so those like little cantrippy things are, are cut off to the side here, and we're just going to talk about not all the ones on this list, but just the ones that we think have really you know made an impact and are cool. Right. So right, important to note also that because we were focusing on more recent times uh this list is from 2020 forward or great uh, i'm sorry after 2020 right so just the last two years um, right exactly yeah because there were some things i remember in the commander product it's either commander 2019 or 2020 when they were they were starting to mm -hmm. throw a few commander specific cards in there um but i, I think just focusing on the last couple of years you will see yeah i mean quite a few quite a few cards that are playable and and you know in some cases powerful yeah so adam uh what is your first one you want to talk about so my first one is archivist of ogma uh it's one in a white for a two two halfling cleric with flash whenever an opponent searches their library you gain one life and draw a card uh so i specifically put this in uh, like to talk about because i think that there's a lot of these that are conditional it's mm -hmm. like, oh, whenever your opponent does this strange thing, you get to draw a card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? But I think this is one of the ones that's the most controllable. Yeah. Yep. Right? Like you can you can make people like uh sack a land, but then they get to find another one, right? Like ghost quarter. Mm -hmm. So like, here, I'm gonna ghost quarter your land that's giving me a problem anyway, which is a which ghost quarter is the most fair version, right? Of uh, right, Ghost Quarter is the one that does it, and then they get to search for a basic land. Yeah, there's also yeah. um, there's a ruin. I think that right, does it right. As well. Yeah, so like, so you, 
look, I'm getting rid of your troublesome card. You get to have a land back. But I'm also going to draw a card in the process. Um, because this has flash, like people have fetches and stuff like that. So no, and tutors, like, so you could do this in response, draw a card. I think that this is one that, that you could get a decent number of draws off of just by forcing players to, to do this. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I always want, this is such a fucking weird callback, but I've always wanted to do a psychogenic probe deck. Mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so psychogenic. That is, that is a, that is a. <laughs> Quite the callback. Just listen, man. You gotta go with me here on this one, folks. Okay, you you know what you're in for. You're listening to Commander Cast. So, Psychogenic Probe is too colorless. It's an artifact. Whenever a spell or ability causes a player to shuffle his or her library, Psychogenic Probe does too damage to him or her. Right. And I'm like, oh man, what if I just made them keep shuffle and I just dealt damage and killed them that way? That's a Can dumb. I, just, I, I yeah. I mean, to me, I feel like moments like this are when. I don't feel bad about you shitting on my ideas. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's 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 pretty fair. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. I take See, all that criticism. I'm not gonna. Heart. I'm not gonna yuck your yum. Like you yeah. go for it. Yeah. Listen, man. I I fully realize the psychogenic probe deck is never gonna come to fruition. It's never gonna happen. Oh no. I mean, look. I would like. I would enjoy playing against it and applaud you for having built it because I, I don't dislike the idea, but Jesus Christ, is that not a good idea? <laughs> yeah. It's real, real bad. But right. what if it wasn't one day? That's all I'm That's saying. That's true. That's a good Buy point. your psychogenic probes now, folks. They're yeah. never going to reprint that card. Anyway, uh, Archivist of Ogma is the thing that makes me think of because that's a better version. Right, yeah. like that's not yeah. you're not just waiting around like people are going to search your libraries for doing things. You're incidentally going to gain a life and draw a card, just off right. this dude. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Good cards, good. Yeah. Uh, next one. This is not original one. This is one of the best cards that came out this year. Uh, Benny Brax, Zoologist. Yeah. Three colorless and white. It's an elf druid. He's got Convoke, so that could conceivably probably will be one white uh, for a three Yeah, in two. a lot of cases, I think so. You know? Uh, and then also, at the beginning of each end step, if you created a token this turn, draw a card. At the beginning of each end step. Yeah, I mean, if you are in the, like, mono-white tokens deck, or even, like, Selesnia tokens, right? Like, yeah, like this it, is this is probably going to draw you a stupid amount of cards. It's, like, so good in those yeah. decks, right? Like, so good. I, I'm... I don't know, Chef's Kiss. The bit. We had already talked about it when it came out. Yeah. New Capenna. Like, this is one of my favorite cards of this year. Like, it is just super I mean, you useful. clearly, yeah, you clearly have to be in the token deck, right? Like, like this doesn't, it, it's not like, it's not like an incidental thing. Like, well, you don't put it in like you do with, like, Archivist of Ogma well, or, like, Smothering Tithe or something like that. You know? Actually, can I, can I take this back? It's not a creature token. So it, oh yeah 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 so, so it's it any does token. yeah it's any token so it does work with smothering tide. I'm saying it's not it, it, the card itself does not become as ubiquitous. Oh as no, no 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 it, it does not become as ubiquitous. But right. I think no the no, fact no it works with yes it works yeah. in conjunction with other things. Mm -hmm. But it really does belong primarily in a token deck. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean that is where it's going to shine. There are other corner cases where it will draw yeah. you some amount of cards. But yeah, Benny Brax, good card. Yeah. Oh yeah. Next one. Uh, my next one is Battle Angels of Tear. Uh, I think I talked about, I, I poured some sugar on this one when uh, when it came out, but uh, two white, white for an angel knight with flying myriad. It's a four, four. Uh, when it deals combat damage to a player, draw a card if that player has more cards in hand than each other player. 
then you create a treasure token. If they control more lands than each other player, then you gain three life if that player has more life than each other player. So basically, as long as you are not at the top of any of those heaps, because this has flying and myriad, you're probably drawing a card, gaining three life, and getting a treasure token, which is fantastic. Yeah. Oh my god, for four mana, four, four. Right. Best angel? Uh, probably my favorite at the at the very least. I don't know if I want to go best, but yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's real good. I don't know, man. I think they they might have kind of made the best angel. Yeah. Like, what doesn't this thing do? Right. I know. It's like know. the fucking Swiss Army knife. Like it yeah. ramps you, it draws cards, it makes tokens. Well, look, I life. mean, Mark, when you take off one from the mana cost, you have to give it a downgrade from Sarah Angel and take off Vigilance. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Uh, it, does it does it go without saying that this also triggers Benny Brax? Yeah. <laughs> so, eh, but hey, whatever. All right. Uh, amazing cards. Amazing. Uh, how much is this card running at the moment? Eh, it's like fifteen bucks. God, I'm that's, so I'm so that's fucking cheap. Probably about right, honestly. Like, I mean, it is probably about right, but like, I think my threshold is even below five dollars for cards. Yeah. Now. I'm just like, eh, $3. Eh, I don't know. Well, let, let's put it this way. Uh, this card now costs three gallons of gas, so it's really not that bad. <laughs> yeah, great. Thanks for... No problem. <laughs> Thanks for that. It's fine. Yeah. 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 I thought we were going to talk politics, Adam. <laughs> that's not politics. That's not economics. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. Uh, next one. Man, I'm continuing the train of uh, incredibly obvious cards. This is this is the, the axis I roll on. Like for every Esper Sentinel I'm now gonna talk about, you got a psychogenic probe. So Yeah. Esper Sentinel, one white. Human soldier, one one. It's an artifact creature. Whenever an opponent casts their first non creature spell each turn, draw a card unless that player pays X, where X is Esper Sentinel's power. And I believe, um, since I just looked at ADH rec recently, I think this is like the eleventh most played card. Yeah, that's not surprising. This is a very strong card. Yeah, this is a fucking amazing card. Right? It goes in so many decks, uh, very easily. Like the white rhystic yeah. study, which is also less good, but also less annoying. So, yeah, yeah, but it's not much less good. Yeah, it's still like it's a pretty good man. Attacks yeah. or draw a card. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. There's not much else to say about it. just good card. Good. Yeah, true. Next one. My next one is Halo Fountain. Uh, two and a white for an artifact. Um, this has a phrase on it that I'm a fan of. Mm. Mm-hmm. Aside from draw a card, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's got uh, three activated abilities. First one is pay white and tap it. Untap a tapped creature you control. Create a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature token. Uh, white, white, and tap it. Untap two tapped creatures you control. Draw a card. And then five white, untap it, untap 15 tapped creatures you control, you win the game. You know, I I would obviously try for the last ability, but I don't even think that's that good. I mean, those first two abilities, man. Yeah, just the first two. Like, the the last one is just like a nice little extra whipped cream on top, right? Right. You're like, oh, if you win a game that way, that's hilarious. Um, but right. the, other, the other two, like, I would just run this because it's a three-mana thing that does two very good things. Right. I mean, I think that this is, like, auto-include in your token decks. This is running around $5 right now. Like, um, you know, because you're going to be able to, 
like all of your tokens that you turn sideways for a variety of reasons this untaps them like this untap if you're like running what is it reese right mm-hmm. uh you can untap reese or no is his ability to untap yeah well um hmm for reese to redeem i don't think it's an untap i think it's a hybrid so it's hybrid got it okay yeah. yeah but i mean like like it's got it's got so many like little tiny nuancey uses because of the untapped creatures also but dude you're just you're giving a creature pseudo vigilance getting a dude or giving two creatures pseudo vigilance and drawing cards like that's yeah. all value just fantastic yeah it's like all upside on this card yeah right yeah it doesn't even have to be tokens right it's just any a tap you're gonna have tapped creatures I You're going to have tapped creatures. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, Adam, even you famously hate that thing between the two main phases, but you're going to have some kind of tap in there. Well, somewhere. yeah, you, you've got to tap them for convoking stuff. Well, there you go, man. So <laughs> That actually is a, a weird good use in this color, too. <laughs> like, oh, it's a perfect use. Yeah. yeah like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Halo Fountain. Amazing card. Go get it. Yeah. Next one. Folk Hero. One colorless and a white. It's a legendary enchantment background. We had talked about this before. I think this is maybe one of my favorites of the backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, commander creatures you own have when this, whenever you cast a spell that shares a creature type with this creature, draw a card. Triggers only yep. once each turn. Not a fan of the once each turn thing, but it's it's a white, so you know they had to balance yeah. it out somehow. Um, yeah, this is just a good card. I, I background no background. I don't give a shit. I would put this for two mana. I would just put this in a deck in a creature deck. In a tribe this- deck. This card feels to me, yeah. I mean, a travel deck, obviously, like it, that's where it needs to go, or something yeah. that has like all the changelings, or, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, the backgrounds in general, and this one, this one pretty specifically, uh, I really like. I have to see them played because, like, since they're only giving it to commander creatures you control, like yeah. this, this could very easily become a dead card real quick. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, it, I think it is tough to theory craft these. We had talked right. about this a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. You need to play. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much more of a target that puts on your commander. You know what I mean? Like, some commanders. Or, or does it? Because it's. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, you can draw one extra card per turn. Why am I going to waste removal? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, it's Yeah, it's going to play out weird. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think it'll. I don't think this card itself will attract removal. But it might attract more removal to your commander. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Who can say? Woo. <laughs> anyway, next one, sir. Uh, next one is Master of Ceremonies. Uh, and again, we talked about this one before because card, white card draw. We're going to talk about it probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, three and a white for a Rhino Druid, and it's a three-four. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent chooses money, friends, or secrets. For each player who chooses money. You and that player get a treasure token for each player that chooses friends. Uh, you and that player each get a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen. And for each player that chooses secrets, you and that player draws a card. I have a feeling that you will draw many cards off. Power play, always choose secrets? I don't know. Well, you you don't get to choose. It's only your opponents. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, fine, fine. I suppose. But I, I have a feeling that primarily people will be choosing money and secrets. Yeah. Unless they're just trying to hose you and then they'll choose friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which still, okay. Yeah, okay, I get a one-one. We we each get a token, no problem. So if I'm playing against people, then you each get one token and I have three. Or you each drew one card and I drew three. Like, I mean, th- like these are all sounding good. 
the only thing that could make this better is if they secretly chose it. Ah, yes. Because there's nothing I like better in Magic than secretly choosing something. <laughs> I mean, I like that, but at the same time, like this does allow all of your opponents to conspire a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all talking it over, and like, because how many times have you had those arguments at the table where somebody's like, "What is it, like, like factor fiction or or something like that?" Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It's and everybody at the table decides that they are going to give their like, no. Don't choose that. Don't you? Oh, with the um. Whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, Adam! Are you trying to tell me that Magic players give their unsolicited opinions frequently? I don't yeah. know. I don't know what game you've been playing. What's What's that card where you get to choose extra turns or like a free permanent? Oh, is that uh extra? It's an EX yeah, ex- card. Extra free. Extra pay. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. So. Anyway, but um, yeah, yeah, that card. Oh my God, the arguments that I've seen over there. <laughs> Yeah, so this uh, is just another one of those that happens every turn. It's great. Yeah. It's not extra paid. What the fuck is it then? Because it extra, is extra paid. No, yeah. extra paid's the um, the split second uh, mono black card. Oh, so I don't know. It's X something extortion. Extra something. You know, people. You know what I'm talking about. It's yeah. blue. It costs way too much money. So it's like ten mana or something like that. Like, yeah, it's it's ridiculous, and you know what we're talking about. But we're yeah. old and can't remember the name of it. Next one. All right, what do I got down here? Oh, I want to talk about... I don't even know if we talked about this one before. Uh, Sigarda's Splendor is two colorless and two white. It's an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, note your life total. I'm already on board, Sigarda's Splendor. Yeah, (laughs) I am taking notes (laughs) while playing. Got it. Also, not for nothing, shouldn't you always note your life total? Just saying. Right. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, At the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card if your life total is greater than or equal to the last noted life total for Sigarda's Splendor. Then, note your life total. Whenever you cast a white spell, you gain one life. Hmm. I like weird. I like how you have to note your life total again every time that you draw a card <laughs> off of it, so you have to keep going up and up and up. Yeah, it's so weird, uh, but good. That is weird. Yeah, and yeah, and I don't know. I I don't know. Like life gain decks, sure. I su- I suppose this is weird. You're only doing it once, right? It's the beginning of your upkeep, right? And it's only conditionally once. So I think the big problem with this card is it's a it's a do nothing card on turn four, right? Like you you play it and then you don't have any other plays <sighs> until your next up until your next upkeep nothing happens. Yeah. Also, I don't know if this is this is another one I would probably have to play with. Is this more incentive to attack you? Like your opponents want to get your life total down anyway. It's a like, little bit of an incentive, but I I don't think uh, much. I think I think they probably just look at look at it and be like, okay. I think it just makes you sad. If that happens, because you're just naturally playing, and you're like, oh, my noted life total is lower. Right. I, th- I think I would be very inclined to attack someone who put this out if I could just like swing with one, one, one flyer at them. Like I just all out attack somebody else and I just swing at them for one. Uh, what's the uh, what's the Orzov angel that you pay life for to bounce it back to your hand? Selenia? Yes, that sounds right. So if you're in a Selenia deck playing a bunch of life totals, like swingy life totals, right? And you like get your life total down to one and then do a swingy thing. And then you play Cigar to Splendor and then... is that just Wow, much- that was deep. That is, was like, I, I mean, is wow. That, is that too much work for this? Am I doing too much work for this card? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just wanted to know. So, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Next one. 
Uh, next one is Smuggler Share, two and a white for an enchantment that says, at the beginning of each end step, draw a card for each opponent who drew two or more cards this turn, then create a treasure token for each opponent who had two or more lands enter the battlefield under your under their control this turn. So this one is, and, and we talked about this before, but it's really good because it does trigger each end step. So even if somebody else has like a consecrated sphinx and then like one person plays two or draws two cards then the other person also draws two cards for each of those you draw you draw cards um anybody who does any kind of like group hug ramp like that's gonna trigger multiple times and you're gonna get multiple treasures off of it um yeah i just i really like everything that this thing is doing it's coming out on three instead of four so like it's a little bit of a maybe do nothing enchantment at first but um only in the same way that like smothering tithe is and last time i checked well right exactly yeah yeah so So, anytime you have to like think hmm is this better than smothering tithe i think you're in really good shape oh that's that's true yeah and i don't (laughs) think it's better than smothering tithe but it's it is really potentially very good yeah I mean, like, you play you're, one, going you play get, you're going to get treasure off of it. End of story. Like this is EDH. Like you're yeah. going to get treasure. Tokens or you're off of it. you're going to get cards off this. Who's not? You're drawing... going to get some cards. I think you're going to get more treasure tokens than you are cards. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder. I don't. I guess that's not a meta thing. I would think you get more cards than treasure. But eh, whatever. Like I don't know. It's like hmm. talking like, are you getting more like ice cream cake or regular cake? Like I don't know. I'll take right. all the cake. So I got no problem. More with peanut this butter or jelly. Mm. There's a right answer there. Peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that doesn't that, that doesn't fit for smuggler share. I don't want one of those things more than the other. I don't No, but I think you'll get more one more than the other. Oh, all right, fair. All right, fine, fine. And yes. I do want one more than the other. I want cards. Way more than I want treasure tokens. I don't know, man. I like my fiddly tokens. That's fair. So next one. Uh we talked about this as well. Uh tenuous truce. Which yeah. I think we we deemed the most commander commander card. Um, yeah, tenuous truce is one one colorless and a white. It's an enchantment aura. Uh, you enchant an opponent at the beginning of enchanted opponent's end step. You and that player each draw a card. When you attack enchanted opponent or a planeswalker they control, or when they attack you or planeswalker you control, you sacrifice tenuous truce. Yeah, still a great card. Still, just... <laughs> yeah, still a great card. The most commander card. So. Yeah, it it it's literally like oh we're both losing to that person here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. I don't know. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, next one, sir. Next one is welcoming vampire. I don't remember talking about this one. I remember this card because I'm like, oh, why can't this be a not vampire? Uh, <laughs> so it's a two and a white for a two three with flying. Whenever one or more other creatures with power two or less enter the battlefield under your control, draw a card. Uh, this ability triggers only once each turn. So the 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 nerf that they try to put on these things, not great. Um, but it is once each turn. So I think that this probably works pretty well in a token deck because you usually have the ability to, to pump out tokens on other people's turns as well. Um, there are always going to be power two or less, and you get to draw lots of cards off of it. I think I, think, I remember thinking about this because I, I, I still think it is double nerfed. Like it has mm-hmm. the whenever one or more creatures with power two or less, that's already a no. Oh yeah, 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 that's true. And then yeah. also, like I think you could have done one or the other. You know? Yeah, I I could see. I th- I think it should have just been 
well, how could you even do it more than once each turn? Because, oh, be, yeah. Yeah, you could do the first part more than once each turn. It's just like if you if you did a bunch of tokens, you would only get one card. But if you did like one two power or less and then another two power or less, you could get two cards. I think that would have been fair. But whatever, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a three mana flying two three, so who knows. The second version of Welcoming Vampire in a different tribe, I would like. I think taking away either of those two nerfs might break the card. I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not okay with that. Why can't, I'm, I'm why can't saying, we get broken like, shit in white? Like, come on. Yeah, that's fair. Eh, you know? Anyway. Uh, next one. I don't think we actually talked about this, and this is surprising to me. Wedding okay. Ring. Now, Wedding Ring is too colorless and too white. It's an artifact. Uh, it's weird, and I think that's why I like it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, when Wedding Ring enters the battlefield, if it was cast... Target opponent creates a token that's a copy of it. Yep, when, like um, it. I like it so far. Okay. Whenever an opponent who controls an artifact named Wedding Ring draws a card during their first turn, you draw a card. Okay, like it. Yep. yep. And whenever an opponent who controls an artifact named Wedding Ring gains life during their turn, you gain that much life. Also like it. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Good card. Good card. The rest of the world does too. It costs $15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... I don't think, aside, psychogenic probe aside, I don't think you're coming to us for the most incredible tech. Because if, yeah. if you didn't already know, this was kind of good. It's kind of good. Yeah, this card is very cool. I remember seeing it in that set, but yeah, I, I agree. I don't I don't think that we talked about it because it just wasn't something that, like, you know, stuck out from all the other things that, that were going on. I mean, maybe because it's in the Crimson Vow Commander set instead of the regular right. Crimson Vow set. So Yeah, we probably didn't camp out on that one quite as long. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, there's some other cards in this list like I kind of like, like uh, Your Temple's Under Attack. I have a weird affection for. Um, mm-hmm. and a few other goofy ones here or there. But uh, I don't know, folks. Let us know what you think about some mono-white card draw. If we missed something, I, I purposely didn't put the, like, sifting the top of the library cards, you know, or, like, you know, you look at the top four and put one right. in your hand, which is also technically card draw, but, like, eh, I didn't want to be cute about it. I just wanted to draw some cards. So Yeah. You know, maybe sometimes I don't want to choose. I just want to take the thing from the top of my library and put it in my hand you know yeah sometimes i just want that i'm a simple man with simple pleasures adam i mean yeah and with that ladies and gents we're gonna wrap this up stick with us through a dumb interstitial and we'll come back with the new game night 2022 legendary creatures Interstitial numero trace. Adam. Do. How do you feel about Doom? Not, uh like like the Like not the existential the situation? Yeah, like <laughs> not the not the apocalypse, for example, okay. like the nineties shooter. Ah, um I liked it then, but I've never been a first person shooter guy. Like, you know, I played Wolfenstein, I played Doom, but like Yeah. Doom Doom was my favorite of them. It's hard to poop on Doom. Like who doesn't right. like good Doom? I made me a WAD file back in the day. Right. You know? I'm also not a huge third part or first person shooter. Yeah. But 
Uh, I picked up Power Slave Exhumed, which is mm. a terrible name for a pretty good 90s shooter that originally came out on the Saturn and the PlayStation. Oh, really? Way back okay. in the day. And Night Dive Studios, which is a studio that just kind of like resurrects IPs every once in a while, sure. uh, decided it's like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna we're going to remaster this for PC. Also for Switch. Yeah. And then just put it out there and see how it nice. goes. Um, it is also a weird combination of Doom and Metroid Prime. Okay. So if you like those two things, uh, this feels like the weird evolutionary offshoot that like didn't, this is like the platypus on the evolutionary shoot right. like from Doom to Metroid Prime in that like you do get abilities like, I don't know, by the end you start off with like, you know, a pistol and doing whatever, but by the end you're literally yeah. flying and like sending lightning bolts from your hands. Like there's a power progression here. You're right, pretty, right. You feel pretty dope by the end. Um, but you also like have to go back through different stages, pick up little things here and there. Um, and like as you go back through the early stages with your new movement abilities, you can get the different places. You know what right. I mean? Right. Like it's a neat one of those that only took me like six, I don't know, six and a half hours or something to beat. Um, and that's with like getting stuck in some places and you know because it's a '90s ass '90s shooter. But yeah, man, it was good. Dumb fucking the only- game. But yeah, the the only game I've ever played like that that's like the the Metroid other than Metroid Prime. I played the first Metroid Prime, but mm-hmm. um, Bioshock One and Two I played, and I liked them quite a bit. Yeah, I think hmm, would I call those? I I would call them Metroidvanias, and this is a weird like push my nerd glasses up my nose. Okay, all right, yeah. Because I think the key part of like the Metroid Castlevania bit is like you get new little abilities and new little tools that let you unlock different ways to go through things. I'm not sure if you really did that in Bioshock. There's a little bit like of it. Bioshock. It, it, you, you do go like through an area. I mean, I guess it's closer to like a resident evil type progression where it's not like you backtrack through the whole game. You just mm-hmm. like, you go through whatever zone you're in, find the key card and then move on. And like, sometimes the key card is an ability. Sometimes it's an actual key card. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, whereas Metroid, like the good Metroidvania is like, yeah, you could find something and then be like, Oh, that's the thing from the first room. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've been on like a Metroidvania kick lately. Like I finally beat hollow Knight. Did you really? Yeah, I didn't do all the crazy, crazy like. Oh, you I wanna... just, I just can't beat the friggin' Watcher Knights, man. I mean, yeah, they're a pain in the ass. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me. There are many times in that game I'm like, which, which is what I liked about Power Slave because if you're you're playing like a lot of modern Metroidvanias, they're like, oh, let me make this really fucking hard. I'm like, that's not what I'm looking for. That's like that's right. why I didn't like Metroid Dread. I'm like, that's not what I'm looking for, in my Metroid. Like, right. No, 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 no. Like, I like the exploration, cool, going around, having cool powers thing. Like, I don't want to actually, like, sit around and grind and, like, get good on the yeah. Watcher Nights. Like, fuck that shit. That's, no, no, no. You know? Um, and Hollow Knight was good, but there was a lot of that. This is, like, there's none of that. There's, like, eh, you know, the levels are pretty short. You go back through them a couple times, you know, like, right. you can get through a level and if you know what you're doing in, like, I don't know, fucking under a minute. Um, like, they're pretty short, concise, cool goofy right yeah so that's what i had listen man i want to blow up some scorpions in egypt and then by the end you become the king of the world so yeah that's it's a fucking dumbass 90s game so i mean uh, hey listen man you know if you can't appreciate the dumbass 90s i don't know what you're doing 
I'm not saying go out and buy you some Jenko jeans. I'm just saying it was a it was a fun time. So yeah, technology. In technology this week, ladies and gents. Hey, Adam. Yo. You want to get a, a box of five decks and sit around and jam them together like it was 1999? No. Okay, well, whatever. Do you want to talk about some new legends that came out in those box of five decks that were... Oh, yeah. Neither of us are going to buy, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about if they were just kind of mediocre? Oh. Uh... <laughs> anyway, not to, like, I don't know, bury the lead here, folks. But uh, we got five new, actual new legends out of Game Night 2022 that were spoiled. This isn't released until October, so I guess if you want to get your Halloween gaming on, um, sure. And these all five legends are aggressively mediocre to me. But I think still worth talking about. I mean, you could, yeah. You could well, build... it also gives us the opportunity to rank things based on our own uh, our own opinion only. Is there anything we like better, Adam? I mean, is there anything the internet likes better? <laughs> I, I don't know. Can we just make an audio listicle? Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, we got these five cards. I'm probably gonna pronounce mispronounce a bunch of them, but whatever. So first one is Imaril. That's about as close I'm gonna get. Imaril, Elf mm. Aim Elite. Two Carlos and two greens, elf warrior. Whew, didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Uh, it's a 3-3. Three, three. Whenever Immoral Elf Haim Elite attacks, it gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of other elves you control. Seems like this might be the head of an elf deck. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you may assign his damage, his combat damage, as though it weren't blocked. So it's basically just unblockable. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess, there's, like, what is the rules difference between, like, Assign combat damage as though it weren't blocked and unblockable. The the only thing I can think of is like if you were to force someone to block, then you could kill a creature. But like, yeah, it's it's basically just unblockable. Okay, so weird corner case unblockable. Yeah, yeah. It seems neat. I don't know, like elf ball. It's elf ball the commander. That's not bad. Yeah, it's fine. Like I'm not. I don't care about this card at all. It seems... Okay. I don't even think it'll see play. Uh, I, uh, no. It'll see There's play. There's a lot of good elves out there. Is this really making the cut? <laughs> all this says is it gets big and it doesn't get blocked. The unblockable part makes it a maybe. If it just got big, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, elf decks uh, have better options. So, yeah. Uh, you know... Yeah. Next one, sir. Uh, next one is Mave, Insidious uh, Singer. It's uh, two blue blue for a three four legendary creature Siren. For two and a blue, goad target creature. Whenever that creature attacks one of your opponents this turn, uh, you draw a card. Hmm. Hmm, indeed. I like me a goad. I like me a goad. I like me a goad in mono blue. Uh, I am a big fan of this because I built the, a horrible, horrible deck that had a, a lot of sirens in it. It was Asperia. Okay. And you, you like got, like I drew cards for getting attacked, but I like I, I'd like to throw some goad in there too, so I could draw cards off of other people getting attacked. Can, can I just just take a second to just say, you know, right for you to poop on my psychogenic probe deck? 
you built a siren deck. Look, I I think that it's important to admit when you have a problem, <laughs> but also point out other people's problems. There we go. Okay, there we go. <laughs> just, as long as there's a level of self-reflection in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, please continue, Esperia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, so, so I mean, like, a lot of it was trying to just, like, you know, cause people to attack and then fogging that damage and then like drawing all the cards off of it kind of thing. But this kind of puts all of the good parts of that into one neat package because you force people to attack, but they don't have to attack you. Yeah. So, and cool. then you still draw cards off of it. I like this card. Yeah. I like this card. This is probably my favorite of all of them. The only thing that I really have a problem with is like, if she's a siren, since when were sirens half octopus? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Am I mis misplacing my mythology there? I thought it's fine. It's fine. I feel like this is trying to get into Little Mermaid. Like if if this said Siren Witch, Ooh. like this would be very much Ursula, right? Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Why wasn't it just a witch? Oh, because yeah. it's a singer. I don't know. Well, whatever. It's yeah. fine. So. Next one, Nogi, Draco Zealot, mm. one Carlos and two Reds, Cobalt Shaman. Uh, it's a 3-3 three, three, and has dragon spells you cast, cost one less to cast. Whenever Nogi Draco Zealot attacks, if you control three or more dragons until end of turn, Nogi becomes a five or sorry, a dragon with base power and toughness five five and gains flying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Snore. Yeah, kind of, right? I mean, like the the one less, like I guess this replaces the isn't there like a three mana? Like a one red red that decreases the like Dragon Lord Servant or something like it's that. Like Dragon that Speaker Shaman, I think. Yeah. Right. Well, I think there's two of them because I think there was one from from Tarkir too. So like this might slide in for one of those in a dragon deck because it also does another thing and it's a three three. But other than that, who cares? Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What's the um what's the planeswalker who became a dragon who's like obsessed with dragons uh, sarkon yeah sarkon there's that that version of sarkon that became a dragon yeah like, yeah yeah that wasn't good either really yeah, yeah. I, I was this never is... excited about unless it's like day of the dragons where all your shit right. becomes blue dragons that's a great card that's I a great card. card yeah that's yeah. amazing um aside from that like i'm never excited when something becomes a dragon yeah that's true it's just me i don't know yeah uh, next one, sir. Next one is Vogar, a Necropolis Tyrant. It's uh, three black black for a five, or I'm sorry, for a four four zombie giant. It has menace. Whenever another creature dies during your turn, put a plus one plus one counter on Vogar. Uh, when Vogar dies, draw a card for each plus one plus one counter on it. Ooh. Yeah, so this is like if you have a sorcery speed removal deck? Yeah. Sure. Right? Because mm -hmm. you're only getting the plus one, plus one counters for them dying on your turn. But it doesn't say that they have to be your creatures, so you can kill other people's stuff on your turn, or you can uh, sack your own stuff on your turn. I kind of like this in a, like... Mono black, like sit you're you're sacrificing all kinds of stuff deck because sacrifice all kinds of things. This guy gets bigger and it has menace. Great. Sacrifice this, you draw lots of cards. Okay. I mean these are all good things. I'm fine. 
Yeah. I, there, I don't think it's a commander. Yeah, I don't think it's a commander either. Um, yeah. There is another... There's another card that's escaping me. We draw... A, you draw a card in black for each plus one plus one counter on a thing i thought it had devour but it doesn't um mm. anyway i'm never gonna find it right now because it's not it's not like a zombie um right but whatever like this is interesting it's an interesting card i like the fact that he gets bigger and he has menace like he right. might be neat he's a five he's a, a four four for five though and zombies are just as tight like a zombie deck, there's so many good zombies. I don't think it goes in zombies. I think I think this goes in something where like this is kind of just playing into your strategy. Like you're doing a lot of sacrificing of things. Yeah, like yeah. playing all of your flesh bags and merciless executioners and things like that. Because hey, that's when you play a flesh bag and this gets four plus one plus one counters on it. Ooh, yeah, it's a good one. Mm. Right. So so if you're in and it's at sorcery speed anyway. So you know if you if you're playing that kind of deck. I think that this goes in there. I do not think it goes in zombies. I agree with you. Zo the zombie deck is too tight, or you're just making it jankier. Yeah, and that's the problem. One of the right? two things, you know, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. and so you you kind of get criticized either way, right? Like it's it's either like a tier one deck because you really like you you optimized it, or you're just making it jankier than that. So what are we saying? This is like the top end of like a grave pack deck. Yeah, that's a uh, yeah. Yeah, you could do worse. Right. Yeah, you yeah. could do worse than that. Okay, right. all right. I think I like this card more now. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, n last one, Zamriel, Seraph of Steel. Two Carlos, two white, three, four flying. As long as it's your turn, equipped creatures you control have indestructible. Oh, and oh, I man. forgot, in case you didn't figure it out from the Seraph, it's an angel. That's true. Yeah, this is slightly, slightly less interesting than Nogi. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, if you're in the equipment deck, like, look, its stats are absolutely fine. It's a 3-4 flyer for four, and it gives limited indestructibility. It's okay. But, Meh. yeah. Yeah. Um, cooler with, like, living weapon, I guess, than other <laughs> things, but, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of bored by this card. Yeah, to me, the order is uh, blue, black, green, white, red. That might be my exact order. Yeah. Um, because I I don't know, like Nogi and Zamriel are fighting enough for which one. Can well, be yeah. Person. I mean, I I almost went the other way on those two. Like. Uh, yeah, th that's the and that's the only thing. Like, I think Mave is the top. I think Vogar is the second. Like, yep. Emerald is like straight Solidly in the middle. middle. Yeah. Solid middle. Like it, it's it's a green card. <laughs> Who cares? It's big and kind of unblockable. Who cares? Wait, have you heard of Elf Ball? Right. Like, yeah. yeah, this could have said this could have said trample, and it's just a ten ten, and it's the same card. Still not good enough for the elf deck, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. So. Yeah. Uh, let us know what you think, folks, but I'm pretty sure that mm, this one might be objective on this. So, like. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there are just some facts to contend with here. <laughs> yeah, like, it was, listen, you know, as much as I might like things to turn out differently, I'm pretty sure that Game Nights has a hierarchy right here, and we've yeah. just described it. So, uh, yeah, don't get stuck with playing Boros in Game Nights. That's all yeah. I'm saying. And with that, ladies and gents, that was it. Nice quick segment this week. Nice quick show. Aside from the 20-minute uh, 
discussion of Stranger Things. This might be longer yeah. than any of our segments. Yeah. Um, we're going to go through another dumb interstitial, get to an outro, and then get out of here. Alrighty, sir. Tell us about this pizza. Pizza. Okay. So, I just got back from Italy. It I, seems like I, you would know something about pizza. I ate some pizza there. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't eat a ton. I mean, it's not. It's not like a. I mean, it is kind of like an everyday lunch for for some people, but it, like we didn't have that much. I, I cooked a decent amount and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. But I had it. I think three times while I was there. Um. Two times from the same place. Okay. All right. Um, Well, so I mean, I was so I'm in the like province of Molise, which I think is the smallest province in Italy. Um, And then within that, there's kind of two states, prefects, whatever, you know. um, And I was in one of those that has a capital that has like maybe 60,000 people in it. So like, I mean, I'm, I'm not in a big place and we didn't travel around a ton. Sure. So I didn't have ne- Neapolitan pizza, you know, which is the pizza of Italy. Um, yeah. So, but I had quite a few different types of pizza, you know, some with like zucchini blossoms on them, some with truffle on it. I had one with Induya, which was very tasty Ooh, over fancy. by the coast. Um, you know, and, Here's the thing that that I I think needs to also I have to say this because like pizza in Italy like there's a, a trend in some like modern pizzas now French fries and cut up hot dogs on a pizza is actually a thing over there. Ooh. Yeah, I don't Ooh. understand it either. Yeah, um, but yeah, so so I mean like good tasting of lo- lots of different pizzas. And then we can also bring it to the argument of like, is Italian pizza better than, than American pizza? And then is New York better than Chicago, better than California, better than. Okay. First mm-hmm. of all, I can, I can personally make a hierarchy of these things, sure. but it, it is subjective. Um, and I like Italian pizza, like from Italy, just as much as I like New York pizza. Okay. They're the same to me, but they're different dishes. Okay, elaborate, please, for the listeners so, at home. So, like, New York-style pizza, if, if that's what we're comparing it to, mm-hmm. right? New York-style pizza has a... It's, it's pretty formulaic, right? Like, you should have a pretty thin... And I, by pretty thin, I would say, what, eighth of an inch? Yeah, that sounds about right. Right, eighth of an inch thick uh crust through most of it and then it's probably what half inch three quarters of an inch on the on the edges sure um tomato sauce thin layer cheese thin layer it should be crispy on the bottom Mm -hmm. and you eat this by folding and grease drips from it yes all these things track right delicious one one of my favorite foods in the world Mm -hmm. italian pizza is not like that (laughs) Okay. Italian pizza, some some of it has tomato sauce and cheese. Some of it doesn't. Some of it's completely unrelated. Hmm. Um, but some of it ha- has tomato sauce and cheese. Quite a bit of it has tomato sauce and cheese. Usually, 
uh, well, depending on region, can be a good bit thicker, like quarter inch to half inch. Ooh. Right? Um, and so there's, so there's like some chewierness. It's usually cooked in a wood fire oven. So like it's got like blisters of things here mm-hmm. and there. The ingredients that are put on top are usually fresher. So like it's not the processed mozzarella cheese, like it's real, you know, and and like fresh tomatoes and things like that. Um, also delicious. You eat it with a fork and a knife usually. Heresy. Right. But I mean, they are different things, and I think they need to be graded on their own scales. I don't think you can put them together and say this one is better than this one. Like I can easily say in Italy, this pizza place I went to is better than this pizza place that I went to. Yeah. The one with truffles on it was delicious. Why does it not surprise me that you got pizza with truffles? I actually did not order it. (laughs) A a family member ordered like three pizzas and one of them had truffles. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, The the ones that we did, so we went to the coast, my wife and I, and it was was thinner actually. Um, The crust was a lot thinner. And um, she got one that had like arugula and prosciutto and fresh tomatoes and stuff on it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I got one that had anduja and onions and peppers on it. Ooh. Um, and then, yeah, but the the place that was like in the capital of the the like state that we were in, um, we had a truffle pizza, regular just like tomato and cheese pizza, uh, one with zucchini blossoms, one that was like a stuffed pizza almost, but like the top layer of crust was like almost cracker thin. Like it was like, like real thin. Yeah. So it's like a half inch, then a layer of toppings, then like a paper thin layer of dough. Ooh. Uh, yeah, really, really interesting. Um, and that had like spinach and cheese in it. And then they had another one that had prosciutto cotto in it. And one that had like a spicy, like salami in it. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so all very good, but, I mean, I think I think that we can. I think that we need to settle the pizza argument right here, right now. Oh, please! Yeah. There's there's Italian pizza. Mm-hmm. Okay. That that there are a couple different styles of that too. There's like the the thicker crust stuff and the the, the thinner like wood fired more Neapolitan type thing. Um, then you've got the American pizza, which is broken up into its segments. We've got New York. Which New Jersey is just a facsimile of that, but Connecticut is its own thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Detroit, Chicago, California. I don't, I don't even know if California counts. Like that's a that's a weird facsimile of a facsimile. It is, but I think it's kind of become its own thing at this point. To the, to the point where I think it's look, it's at the bottom of the food chain. I mean, like all of those things are better than. But what is California pizza's contribution? Like putting pineapple on it. I mean, I think putting any weird shit on it, like putting pineapple on it, putting like the barbecue chicken pizza, like I'm pretty sure that was a California thing. Uh, like, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't sound like a like lots thing. of veggies on pizza, like anything that is gluten free is probably California. Yeah, if you've ever had cauliflower on your pizza, I would believe right, California. exactly. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, um, so to me, my favorite, th- there's a little heresy here. There's, yeah, there is. And I would say the best pizza mm-hmm. is New York pizza. 
Okay. I don't know that you're going to get a whole lot of hate for that. That seems no. like a pretty common thing. I get you. I think... Now, I did grow up with it, so, you know. But now, second to me is every Italian pizza. Like, I mean, the, the one thing that I can say there is, like, like I've had shit, like, like you know, CeCe's Pizza or Little mm-hmm. Caesars or, you know, like, real bad American pizza. Yeah. I have not had bad pizza in Italy. Like, it's all, at the very least, better than, you know, most pizza kind of thing. You say, like, their floor is higher, is higher, but maybe their ceiling's a little lower. Right. But, yeah, like, the perfect slice of Italian, uh, of New York pizza is my favorite pizza. Gotcha. But, if you can't have that, literally anything that comes from Italy. Anything from Italy is so much yeah. better. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't like don't you think I I that seems like where most American cuisine fits like either it's the pinnacle of the pinnacle or right, right. pretty much someone else probably did it better. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then I think after that I have to go I have to go Detroit and then Chicago for me. What is a Detroit pizza? My sister lives just outside Detroit now I'm curious. So Detroit pizza is um so uh, structurally, it's a it's somewhat deep dish, but it's closer to what most people would call like Sicilian pie, like uh, so about three quarters of an inch thick. Okay, uh, but a, a fairly regular dough. It's cooked in steel steel pans um, that have been used for years and years and years. Steel rectangular pans that are about an inch and a half to two inches deep. Uh, then it has. I don't recall the order. I don't know if it's sauce first or cheese first. I think it's cheese first. So so I think then they put cheese, which I believe they use Provel, which is like a, you know, kind of Midwestern, you know, mild provolone type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they cover the pizza in that. Intentionally getting some of it on the edges. So some of that cheese melts and crisps down the edges of the pan. Eh, okay, you're losing me. Yeah. And then they put three stripes of tomato sauce across the pizza lengthwise. This just sounds strange to me. I mean, I feel like um, I, I have to have this, even though I'm not a big pizza fan. Um, just, just to experience it. Also, the provolone, mm, not there with that either. Like I said, I mean, it's it's not quite provolone. Like it, it's it's meltier than that, and it's like milder than provolone, but. It's kind of related to that, uh, which provolone here is actually in Italy called provola, which is a milder version of provolone. But yeah, okay. so provel is even milder than that. Um, but anyway, so that's Detroit pizza, Chicago pizza. We've all seen tale of this. Yeah, yeah, like, deep dish like stuff. A biscuit with lots of. <laughs> stuff that's on. a good way to phrase it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is. It's like a biscuit or like a like a shortbread. It is, man. You're eating a big loaf of bread with that thing. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I, and I'm not saying that's bad. And then California is at the very bottom. I would say any West Coast pizza, yeah. up and down. Like, although obviously California is most of the West Coast. Right. Um, yeah, man, it ain't getting better in Washington or Oregon. That's all. I'm yeah, saying. I will say. I, I said to my wife when we were th- when we were there eating, because uh, we went to a, a coastal town for the for the one. Um, I was like, that's what Florida needs to do. Florida needs to have an identity. We need to have, like, Orlando pizza. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Back off. Florida definitely has an identity. 
No, we need to get rid of that identity and, and go toward Orlando style pizza. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Listen, you, you got the identity already, bud. I don't, I don't know what yeah. to tell you. I don't know if I want to eat anything with that identity, but you definitely I think, got it. I think the identity needs to be like, uh, like I don't know what we do for the crust, but I think we go minus the cheese. Sure, minus the cheese, hundred percent more gator. No, no, I, I'm thinking like seafood. So you like you you remove the cheese from it. Mm-hmm. And you go like a lot of seafood type pizzas, but we got to figure out something unique about the crust. Okay. Listen, man, I am not going to yuck your yum on this. You live your dream. You do your best life. I'm probably not trying Florida pizza. Oh, you will. <laughs> you just wait 10 years from now when Florida pizza is a thing. <sighs> okay. Listen, you, dri- you drive you drive over to the next town with your wife so you can get some Florida style pizza. Uh-huh. And you're like, well, it's not quite as good as when you're in Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gents, insert your own Florida pizza joke here. And, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. With that, uh, let us know. I don't know. Like, I have no skin in the in the pizza game, so it, it's hard for yeah, me to take I mean, a, that, a like, firm honestly, stand. Honestly, the real heresy here is that you don't I like understand, pizza. Yeah, like, I understand. Like it is. It is a travesty that you I don't understand. Like pizza. I'm I'm the guy who turns down pizza. I know I'm fucking weird, but yeah. I did it last time. I mean, night I turned sure. down pizza, but I turned down bad pizza. I'm I'm sure going to turn on good pizza too. Eh, whatever. So, well, ladies and gents, thank God we settled the pizza thing here. Um, you know, you, you heathens with your deep dish and your cauliflower pizzas out there in California. But yeah. And with that, um, outro. <laughs> Alrighty, folks, uh, we have come to the end of another episode. Obviously, in a momentous episode, we've solved game nights, we've solved pizza. Um, I don't know. Did we solve Twitter and community? I don't know. Just talk about artists instead of anything else? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, okay, we're good. So, I mean, I, we solved Stranger Things. Folks, yep. what else do you want? We had, like, film criticism here. Truly a potpourri of amazing topics. You've right. gotten so much for your zero dollars. Um,. We can talk about a myriad things without actually having any qualifications. That is the beauty of America, sir. Yeah. Right. God damn it. You think I need to be qualified for this shit? No. Thank you. Freedom. Something. America. Now, Adam, if someone wants to talk to you about your nearly heretical statements um, about pizza, I don't know. Maybe there's a champion of California pizza out there somewhere. I mean, they, they can... They can go right to hell. <laughs> now, now you can hit me up on Twitter at Squire9999. And uh, there we go. No declarative statements here. Um, <laughs> anyone wants to hit me up, don't talk to me about pizza because I'm I'm out on this one, but pretty much any other topic. Commandercast yep. at gmail.com or on the Twitters at Commandercast. And a big thanks to everyone here at the Commandercast Network. We'll see you next week with more community strategy and technology. So until then, let's get it.